2: Wow, I could really use current.
1: I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go
2: to their website at current.tech.
1: Then also you have to tackle with emotions, because that's very, very natural and that's something we, we tend to forget, no? So of course you have to convince the mind, but you also have to convince the heart.
0: Why did I become an executive coach? I saw lots of great people fail to get ahead at work while their much less talented peers blew right past them. That made me furious, but also curious. What were great people getting wrong? It came down to helping them re-examine what drove success and then helping them make critical shifts one hard truth at a time.
2: Feel like you're doing everything you were told but you're not moving ahead at work nor having the impact you seek, then welcome to 97% Effective with Michael Winderoth, where we skip feel-good, happy talk and engage experts in pointed conversations about what it really takes to move the needle at work and your career. So if you feel stalled or frustrated or seek that extra edge as you move to the next level, then look no further. This is the hard truths playbook you never got.
0: Hi, I'm Michael Wenderoth, and you're listening to 97% Effective. Leading change in organizations is hard. You might say almost impossible. Yes, hard truth. The vast majority of change management efforts fail. My guest today has successfully led change in large companies and teaches it at the MBA and executive education level. He offers pragmatic insight on how to make change management happen and boost your career in the process. A global scholar and executive, Dr. Ignacio Gaffo is the head of HSLU, Lucerne University of Applied Sciences and Arts. His industry experience comes in technology and professional services. You know the names, Vodafone, Mars, Canon, and leading learning and development at top-notch programs, most recently at IE Business School in Madrid, Spain, where he served as associate dean, overseeing their top-ranked global executive education programs. Dr. Gaffo holds a PhD in marketing and communications at the Complutense University in Madrid. In addition to leading and teaching at HSLU in Switzerland and Spain, he lectures on change management and marketing at Brown University in the U.S., Esade in Spain, and across the globe. Dr. Gaffo, Great to be able to talk change management in person with you today. A pleasure to have you on 97% Effective.
1: Great to be here. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) At your core, Dr. Gaffo, you are a marketer and communications expert. What's one memorable thing about you that you'd like us to know that we can't already find online about you?
1: (laughs) So I've been been dealing with change through all my life. I've been traveling around the world work in different industries. So by experience, I've really gone through it.
0: You have definitely lived it. I also just want to say a personal thanks here as we we start off because my entry, when I moved to Spain and started to teach and do programs at IE, in a large part, thanks to your insight and guidance. So I want to personally thank you for that. (laughs) My pleasure. Let's dive into change management. The word gets thrown around a lot. Because you also teach it, you have a short way that you want people to think about it to start us off here?
1: Well, it's two things about about change. I think we've been speaking about change for many, many years. What's different and unique today is the speed of change. And and, and actually, we, we need to move very, very quickly. And if I have to remark something about change that we always forget, it's all about people. It's about homeboarding people, making it personal for people.
0: The show's about hard truths. And is there is there one that you want to call out, hard truth about change management here at the outset?
1: So change management is about onboarding people. So and the, the, the problem here is people don't like change. So you need to be smart. You have to be intentional. You have to be systematic in how you approach. So you want to make it personal. You have to to reach the minds and the hearts of people to be effective when dealing with change. As as
0: we dive into it, we'll talk about practical tips and things that people can do. How do you make it personal? How do you reach out to them? How do you pick who do you talk to? In the larger organizations, you're talking thousands of people that are gonna be affected in these efforts, but it very much helps to connect it to to real examples. And and you have done this at, at Vodafone. You've also led learning and development, particularly at IE. Mm-hmm. you know, making it one of the top hybrid executive education programs in the world.
1: So we're going to refer to those, but just a little
0: context of what, what the change was at Vodafone and what the change was at IE. So we have a reference point.
1: Yeah, so uh, well, at Vodafone, I can share many examples, probably the latest one, the most relevant one, has to do with uh, the introduction of Internet of Things, which was a revolution within the, the telecom industry, specifically for for Vodafone. And if I think about IE. Probably the main change, the main challenge we dealt with was with COVID, right? When all this we had to move online. And actually, not only when we moved online, but when we went back to face-to-face, how we managed to transition. Those are great examples we can speak about. Mm.
0: And at IE, what type of changes were you leading there or facing there?
1: So it was basically leading everything that had to do with executive masters, executive education. We were... Pretty much into online, but we were a kind of separate division. And all of a sudden, in question of two, three weeks, we had to move the entire organization online. So it was very, very demanding, very tricky. So
0: change management, obviously, very large field and, you know, become a discipline. Many elements to it, but you've really honed in on this key part around dealing with people. Mm -hmm. and communicating with them at the individual level. So if we were to start, if you're dealing with people, Mm -hmm. you know, who, how do you pick where to start?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question, right? Because you have to be practical about, about this, right? So obviously I'm speaking about making it personal, communicating in a personal way. But obviously, as you're suggesting, you can't do it with everybody or you can't do it directly with, with everybody, right? So the first thing you have to think about is, okay, who is my key people? Who do I really need to onboard it? Who are going to help me with the transition? That's a, Those are the people you have to start with. And obviously, we're not speaking about 100 people. Maybe we're speaking about 10, 20 people at maximum. You have to, to engage. You have to make the communication personal. So the first thing you have to do is, is to reflect deeply about, okay, which kind of change do I want? Uh, Who are the key people in my organization that are going to make this happen?
0: And for those who have been in organizations, they might have a gut sense of this. A lot of change makers are brought in from the outside. And so to get down to that 10 or 20,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: any strategies or techniques to narrow that list and who really does have influence or, or is going to help or detract? Yeah.
1: But probably people from, from different levels. No, I think that's a very common mistake. You know, I just stick to the board of directors or to very senior people and take it from there. That's a mistake, I would say, because then it comes across as a top-down initiative. That's not what you want. Probably you want one or two uh, senior people who are going to be your supporters, your sponsors. But then the people that are going to move the needle is actually mid-management. So that's where yeah. you really have to focus, right? So on top of the one, two uh, BPs, uh, very senior directors, uh, do you look for middle managers that have natural influence in the the organization that's the way to to proceed Mm. and and then getting to
0: to make it personal the art of the conversation of of asking good questions and listening to see kind of what's under the surface of how they're seeing it are going to be affected but again here strategies on how to really understand how to resonate with them how to communicate with them effectively
1: Mm -hmm. i I think there are two things you have to bear in mind no no this connects to what we usually call the job to be done no? in, in in marketing and basically there are two things that you have to respond when you when you speak to someone on a personal level the first question the person has is what's in it for me and that's very straightforward right which is okay why should I adhere why, why should I support this what do I gain with that? And that's a question you have to to address and the second thing you have to to, to figure out, is is manage is okay what are the feelings how do this person feel about all the change maybe he's feeling anxiety maybe he's scared maybe he's fearful and you have to empathize with 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 that so you have to address both things you know what's in it for me and also how do i feel
0: you've talked about those who will influence you or who will influence the project, there are those who may be detractors, (laughs) whose departments may be eliminated in in such a change. And so, I mean, identifying the detractors here, can you talk about how, once you've identified them, what what you need to be thinking about?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a a very valid point, because this is not going to be, contrary to quite quite a few people think, a smooth process, right? They're going to have a lot, of, a lot of resistance. And some people like having a say. Usually, by the way, a, a negative say. Uh, whatever you say, whatever they propose, they will they will not fully support it. I, I think that in this case, the key is that these people have a say, because they're going to have a say. You're not going to be able to, to block it. But you have to minimize the, minimize the impact. And how do you minimize the impact? Well, let's have, let them have a say. Make sure they're not becoming enemies. And look for ways in which you can support them again they're not going to be your apostles they're not going to be uh, fully supporting you but by giving them as say they're not going to turn into into enemies but from my experience these people are not going to be uh, on board or not initially only when they see a very quick win and that's happening maybe later on uh, they will uh, they will support you but definitely not at the beginning
0: so nacho you referred in that response, you, you mentioned jobs to be done, which some people out there not from the marketing world may not be familiar with. I, explain that because I think it's an important concept. Yeah,
1: job to be done is, is, is basically the basic need that someone has. So when you sell a product, when you sell a service, you have to think about what's the job to be done. In other words, what's the real need that you are satisfying with with that product or what, with that service? Let me give you a very quick example. You may... If we take, for instance, an iPhone. an iPhone, you might say, of course, I need an iPhone to speak. But no, the main job to be done on quite a few occasions with the iPhone is I want to project some status. So my job to be done is the ultimate need that I'm really covering. And that connects with change management because you have to think, okay, in the end of the day, what does this person need, right? In terms of visibility, in terms of gain, in terms of promotion, in terms of managing emotions, etc. no?
0: very much connected to the way when i'm coaching executives we 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 talk about what motivates people can you bring this down to the level at vodafone with the iot example how you were choosing people and the things you did that would kind of bring this to life
1: yeah so let me start with with internet of things if if, if you like um, so it was a kind of a revolution as i said for the telecom industry because it implied working in, in a very different way, right? Not only in the kind of customers, but also in the kind of services to be delivered, uh, the time to respond, uh, the time to implement, et cetera. So it was a big, big change, not only from a technological perspective, but also uh, regarding operations, the uh, people involved, et cetera. Uh, so in, in this specific case, okay, what I thought is, okay, if, if I really want to be successful, if I want Internet of Things to, to, to work within within the company, which departments, which areas in the company are critical here. So the first thing I did is to list down, you know, those departments and those departments include finance, operations, customer support, IT, sales, and, and also some people that we had in the headquarter that need to provide us with, with some services. That's step number one. You, know, you identify, OK, which areas or where do I need big support? The second thing you have to do is, OK, who's going to move the needle? <laughs> is going to be able to, to have an open mind or get some gain here and also have some influence in the rest of that specific department. So step number two in this case was identifying those people. So I thought about finance, okay, who is my controller, or who's, who's going to have a say here in finance and, and help me getting the business case approved. In operations, okay, who is going to be the, the key person for fine-tuning, setting and getting me the resources I need. Customer care, the same, okay, who's going to help me setting up the processes I need for my customers. And group level could be, okay, who is emphasizing with what we are doing in this case in South Europe, and is going to support me at, at some point. Step number three in this case is, okay, uh, how is this benefiting these people? How can they uh, leverage? How they can get some gain with this? And and obviously, in the end of the day, it's about Making their job easier, or making, uh, letting them uh, get some credit, and so on. You have to be very specific, by the way, when 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 you think about this. No? So the finance guy obviously wants to to come across as the person who designed the business case and made sure that the company was more profitable. Or the operations guy is is about okay coming up with uh, leaner, simpler processes that can manage be managed at scale, and and so on. And then also you have to tackle with emotions, because that's very, very natural, and that's something we, we tend to forget, no? So, of course, you have to convince the mind, but you also have to convince the heart. So, people, for instance, in, in operations, in this case, in my example of Buffon, they were really concerned, no? Right? We were going for massive deployments. Massive deployments, I mean, if hundreds of thousands of, of lines, you no? Know, maybe with one customer. Very, very critical service. So, you need to provide them with the evidence support uh, that they need, so that they make sure that, okay, this is not going to be the end of my days in corporate life no? so make sure you empathize make sure you provide with solutions make sure uh, they know that whatever it happens you're going to be there for them no and, and by doing this you get what they call corporate alignment in the sense that you get the ball rolling and you make sure that these people are are working for the project they are working for you but also they are working for themselves right
2: You've been listening to 97% Effective with your host, executive coach, Michael Winderoth. If this interview is making you think, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, back to our interview.
0: And at IE, a little bit about the, you know, switching to hybrid. You had some very fancy technology. Uh-huh. How you picked people or how you managed even some of the detractors who were afraid of it or or didn't <laughs> want to embrace it.
1: Yeah, so a very good example I have is, is when we tried, well iBusiness Business School has been extremely successful with with online for many, many years. And and at some point, uh, I wanted to to evolve, you know, the pedagogy we were using. And as you can imagine, success can be great, but at some point, it it can fire backwards. In this case, it was not an easy task because the response I got systematically when I made some initial approaches, hey, we've been doing great for five, 10 years. Why should we change, right? So... It was a tricky one, tricky one. so and, and th- what I did here was to identify the main stakeholder I had within the organization. and the main stakeholder was were actually faculty members, right? because they were the ones that had to had to implement it, but also the, the guys that could at some point block it. So what I did is okay, I thought, okay, um, faculty, how they are organized, how do I get them on board? And, and in this case, the, the, the solution was, okay, faculty members are organized by departments, right? In academia, we tend to organize ourselves around, I don't know, marketing operations, finance, control, IT, and so on, right? And, and, and next thing I did is, okay, who is going to be the most influential person here? Uh, and, and, the, and that has a say, by the way. You cannot involve anyone if you have you need to go for someone that has a say, that has some power, and at some point can influence. And in my case, they were the area directors, right? So the area directors, the people responsible for each of the departments were my key stakeholders. What did I do in, in, in these cases? I, I sat down with each one of them. Okay, and, I, and that's important. Of course, you have to go for a big meeting where you speak about the purpose, blah, 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 what's good for the organization. But what's going to really make the difference here is, is sitting down with each one of them and that, that, that's what they did you know I, I I spoke to each one of them I explained what was involved and I also understood you know what was key for them and, and actually in this case I realized that what was key for them is is they wanted to have a say right they didn't want to mm-hmm. feel like I, I was imposing anything and obviously this made me rethink the approach I was I was I was taking. And I realized that what I wanted to do in, in six months, it probably was gonna take longer, right? Because you needed to face to, to it out, make sure you were incorporating their thoughts, you know. And once they felt, once they felt that they were heard, once they felt that they were considered, they, they really, really helped me pushing pushing everything, no. And then second step is to to to, to give you more insight about this. We identified what we call champions on, on, on each area, which were professors. Willing to innovate, to try out, and and to to build the case, no, and that's how we 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 managed to to do this, no. So, again, we had to rethink the scope, we had to rethink the timing, but it was the only way, no.
0: A lot of conversations. It sounds like you had <laughs> in both situations there, but the one-on-one, the listening, and creating that idea of champion. So it's not just you out there having the conversations influencing people. I know you've said at Vodafone, you actually set up a little bit of a separate unit. I'm not sure if it was on this change or a separate one. Mm -hmm. At IE you didn't. How should people be thinking about, sometimes in large companies, the only way you get things done is set up something like a skunk's work that's separate. Are there ways people should be thinking about that to get the ball rolling, as you said before?
1: Yeah, there's a concept I really like when we speak about corporate innovation and that connects with change management, which is trial ability. means the ability to try out things. So at some point, you know, when you speak about big words, big projects like change management, especially in a corporate world, people are going to be very, very scared, right? So something that works very, very well is, is, is change the wording. So instead of speaking about something very big, you may want to speak about a trial. Look, we are gonna try this out. We are gonna see how it works. We are gonna see how far we can go. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't it doesn't matter at all because you know we we are doing something separated, something which has limited impact in, in the organization. So actually you're not changing anything. <laughs> you're doing the same very thing, but you're playing it differently. Quite a few companies, what they do when they, they go for change management is is they they do this, right? They they go they go for something. And, and, which is relevant, which has a lot of potential, but they play down a bit in the sense that it's going to be a trial or experiment, or what they do is I, I do, a, I create a separate business unit. And that's, for instance, what we did at Vodafone, right? Instead of creating a big bang, what we did is we, we created a separate team for Introducing uh, Internet of Things, right? Of course, we we made everybody aware that we were fully coordinated with the company. We we showed the benefits, et etc. But by doing this, by by playing it down a bit, although it might seem to be contradictory, then you get support, then you get the resources, and then you have the time and the space that you need to to proceed, you know, With 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 the ball rolling. If not, at some point, and, and you mentioned you no, know, the people that are going to be detractors. Are gonna feel intimidated, etc., and they're gonna make your life impossible. So I think it's very smart, you know, to to play it, play it down, you know, play it low profile, getting the right resources, you know, and 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 take it from there. And at some point, what's gonna happen? And that's actually what happened with Internet of Things. The business impact was so big that of course everybody wanted to to get on the cart. You no. Know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like the hardest part of getting some momentum, showing that it will work. We almost have this vision, right, that once you get the snowball going, it's just going to keep going. Is, is there anything you need to keep your eye on when it starts to grow? Anything people should be looking out for or, or miss when they think they're in the clear and they're not?
1: I think there are several things to, 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 to be considered here, right? The first thing is you need to look for uh, quick wins. Okay, that's, that's very, very important. No? You, you, you need to build the case. Okay, and I'm probably they're not going to give you 100 million I- initially. Okay, so you, you're going to ask for less money. You make the case, and you do that with quick wins, and then you ask for more. So, so gradual approach certainly will will help. That's that's point number one. But point number two is you have to to be smart, in the sense that at some point you may want to give credit to third parties. You know? maybe they haven't supported you at all. You know. But I think it's it's key that as you grow, you know, uh, you bring in more people. You 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 let people take some credit. You let people feel and believe that hey, I'm I'm part of this. No, I'm I'm one of the fathers. Maybe didn't do anything, but uh, as long as, as as he's gonna support your product, that's that's something that maybe it's 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 worth doing. And the third thing I think, and this is this has to do with uh, your yourself as, as a manager or someone leading a project is don't forget. Okay. Although you want to give uh, credibility to other people, empower other people, etc., be aware, you know, because at some point they may take all the credit from you. So I think it's also important that in parallel, okay, and here you have to find the balances. You want to give credit to other people, but make sure it's it's clear to everybody or to key people who is leading the project, who is making this work, right? Because it has happened to me, and I've seen also many cases.
0: Say more on this specific point because I see this happen to so many. People that I work with, they lead the change, they are selfless, they shine the light on others. As you said, others need to get some credit and feel stake in it. But what specific things can people do to avoid that trap where suddenly mm-hmm. they get overshadowed and someone else steals all of the, the credit for things?
1: Yeah. I think that something that could be very helpful is, is, is you lead the communication. So so of course you, you may want to include other people in the communication. You may want to. They let people get some credit but in the end of the day it should be clear because you are running the show because you are running the communication because you are showing yourself you know that you are the one making things making things work right so i think it's a kind of negotiation if, if you like but make sure that that you are doing the communications that you are the one in, introducing people mm-hmm. no, that you are running the show i think that's that's extremely important. And some people think, no, this is the wrong way to do it. No. It's actually what you should do. Because if not, at some point, believe me, you're gonna be out of the show, you know, and, and no one will remember who who made things work. No. So you have to be smart and you have to be intentional also in, in the communications, in the people who speak and so on. No. And this has to do if you are working in a multinational, as it was my case, not only Nationally, nationally means in the country or where you, where you work. But you also have to work in, in different instances, so internationally or forums, etc. That's where you really have to to get that create that visibility as well, no? Because it might happen that you have it locally, but no one knows you out of out of your country, for instance. No, that, that would be a pity.
0: So very much socializing and making sure that those who aren't seeing you day to day are very much aware of. The lead that you're taking on things, mm-hmm. Ignacio, to go to this point I, I've had previous guests talk about this. You know, as you get the ball rolling, do all people eventually kind of come to your side when they see the way things are moving and the success, or is there a hard truth that you're not going to win everyone, and people will have to leave? I mean the tough things, right? A lot of change management, particularly when it's done fast or by certain firms, involve layoffs. Perspectives here on when it's a carrot, when you have to wield the stick, or or do things like literally mm-hmm. change out people who are resistant.
1: Yeah, I think that well, it's it's my experience, and that's what evidence from 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 different colleagues I know it tells me is not everybody is going to be fully onboarded. That's unrealistic. That's not true, right? Some people are not going to accept change. Some people are not going to be willing to, to take the new approach of the new things you are doing, even if they're fantastic, people are going to miss the train. And, and and if that's the case, the hard truth is is some people may have to leave the company at some point or might leave the, the organization because they don't see it, they don't want to see it, and, and they're going to be basically stoppers, right? So that will come after time. Obviously, I'm I'm strong supporter of giving people a chance, but, but evidence tells us some people are laggards, some people are not <laughs> embracing change, whatever that is. no They're going to make your life impos- your life and the life of everybody impossible. So yeah, probably if we are realistic <laughs> and blunt, uh, those people might not be able to continue no? the project yeah. in the organization.
0: Yes, definite hard truth. To switch gears here, because we've we've talked about change management, provided lots of examples, to zoom out a little bit. You speak all over the world. You teach a lot of different groups, and and your corporate experience. I thought it was quite interesting that at Brown University in the U.S., you teach around change management. It's in the School of Engineering, and that just mm-hmm. piqued my interest because you come from a business, you know, marketing communications background. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very curious of how that experience. Teaching in the engineering school, I'm sure you get multiple disciplines who, who take that executive education mm-hmm. course. But how that's either enriched your thinking on this topic, or you know some of the perspectives you've gained from teaching in the engineering school.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you deal with engineers, people with a very strong technical background, they believe it's it's everything about processes, right? So in, in the end of the day, it's it's about identifying the right process, and following it step by step. That's basically the kind of thinking you you are going to find out. And the hard truth is, is, well, this doesn't work like that. Obviously, when you deal with change management, uh, the process, and when you have quite a few models, you, there are clearly different stages, steps you may want to consider when going through, through change. But what the real life tell us is is you need to be flexible right you, you, of course the process is going to give you the the perspective about what needs to be done what what's the next step but real life is not like this we are dealing with human beings you're going to be dealing with unexpected situations and you need to have the flexibility and to adapt to change to make modifications right because again we are dealing with 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 people no you can think about for instance the example I gave you about IE no in, in my case, when dealing with big changes at, at IE, I really had to rethink the scope, the timing of, of, of the process. No? And if I had followed an engineering approach in the sense that I follow, I follow the process and I follow the big guidelines, believe me, it would not have worked. So you need to combine that the structure, if you like, which is giving you some um, guidance about, about how to move forward with a uh, flexibility and you, and you have to be very 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 quick, you know, in, in adapting, make, making changes, no.
0: Sounds very much like a, a, a blend of science and art that you've uh, taken away there. <laughs>
1: That's correct. That's correct.
0: <laughs> so, Doctor Gaffo, as we as we come to the end here, anything that we didn't cover about change management that you'd like to highlight?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Again, it's, it's about it's about people, and it's complicated, and it's a must have, and it's not a smooth process. And also something relevant is don't expect to be a popular person during the process. Uh, change management requires you to be a steed. You have to be very, very conscious about, about what's going on, which kind of dynamics you have with people. And you need a lot of resilience. You really have to believe in, in what you're doing and make sure that the people that are accompanying you, that are supporting you, have the same vision. They're also fully, fully involved. No, And if you have that resilience, if you're a steed, if you pick up the right the right people, it will work out. It might take time, but it will definitely work out.
0: It sounds like you have to have a thick skin. I don't know any dean <laughs> who isn't attacked from all sides, any executive who everyone thinks they could do the job better, but any personal strategy you'd recommend that kind of thickens up the skin or or enables you to take it and roll with it?
1: I think you have to to take things with a pinch of salt. <laughs> in mm. the sense that if you take it too seriously, too hard, Believe me, you're gonna be destroyed in question of, of, of days. No, so you have to 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 take a deep breath. You have to be again intentional about what you do. You have to to do not lose perspective about where you're heading. And then if, if you balance things, people people will support you. Things will work out. But take it take it calmly, you know, and and don't take it hard. It, it's gonna be a hard process.
0: Dr. Gaffo, how do people reach you, see your work, bring you in to
1: speak? I think best thing would be LinkedIn. You can find me out at Ignacio Gaffo, G-A-F-O. There you can find me. Happy to to connect with you and share more thoughts around this.
0: Dr. Ignacio Gaffo, fantastic discussion about change management. Thank you for joining me on Ninety Seven
1: Percent Effective. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for listening to 97% Effective, where we skip happy talk and help you break through and ascend one hard truth at a time. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, you can get free resources, including the first chapters of Michael's book, Get Promoted, on his website, www.chengwinderock.com. That's www.changwenderoth.com.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.